Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. I'm Fedhead Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. And thank you very much for listening. Um, the president's management agenda is something we've talked about a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Excitedly. Fed yep. Uh, I've talked about it on Government Matters. There's a lot there. And one of the people in our space who is covering the president's management agenda, I think most comprehensively, is here today to talk about what he's seeing all across agencies. Uh, Charlie Clark of Government Executive, welcome. It's great to see you. All right, happy to be here. Thank you for you know, coming. Francis, if you weren't in the room, I'd say the person. But yeah. you're right. You're right. One of the. One of the. Um, as you have covered, var- you've written a number of stories about the President's Management Agenda, Charlie. As you've covered these and if you've talked to people inside the agencies, are you detecting themes in the way that agencies are responding to the PMA, at the way they're starting to execute it, anything along that line? Well, I think the reception to the Trump agenda has been surprisingly positive. Uh, It seems they're bringing some private sector expertise in, and they are, everybody in theory is ready to make the government more efficient. I think the career feds know that better than anybody because they they see the, inertia. Uh, I do think that there's some blending of the policy issues, uh, new retirement uh, cuts or uh, new pay structures that require congressional action. And it is the uh, 40th anniversary of the Civil Service Act. So I think that the the Trump people uh, are blending a little bit their own uh, political use of mistrust of government, which was featured heavily in the uh, document that was released in March, with uh, the desire to bring private sector uh, efficiency. And uh, I think the feds uh, would, my guess is a lot of them would would maybe rather separate those those two issues uh, and and, uh, also they'd probably rather have it be a little clearer which uh, types of changes they have authority to make uh, without Congress. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a lot of pillars to the agenda, IT, modernization, data accountability and transparency in the workforce. Um, you're suggesting that there are some political preferences or policy preferences that are mixed in with the, just the blocking and tackling of improving government performance. Yeah, I mean, I had I, I, a general impression that the uh, Obama approach – was uh, a little more inside the beltway and a, and a little more resigned to the idea that this is not necessarily a topic that average citizens are going to get excited about. But everybody wants the customers to have better service when they deal with Social Security or the IRS, and those are the tangible uh, manifestations of it. So I think the Trump people are catering a little more to the desire of a lot of average people uh, to see the government improve the average person in America has this pretty negative view of the government right now. It's gotten worse, I think. So, What is you know. the most important thing that you've seen as far as agencies starting to do actual work on the PMA? Maybe not a specific agency, but it, it's fine for us to sit here and talk about, as we have, <laughs> and as we're really good at, apparently, talking about stuff rather than doing it. But it's fine to sit here and talk about what the agencies should do or will do or whatever, 
what action are you starting to see? Well, I guess the Veterans Affairs Department is, is uh, making a lot of move towards uh, removing poor performers faster and uh, bringing in talent. They are, they're still short a whole lot of uh, medical talent. And uh, um, I suppose that IRS, maybe you could talk about uh, – they they got a new budget infusion to uh, uh, implement the new tax law, and uh, uh, they know that they have a lot of uh, information technology uh, legacy uh, equipment that, that has to go, and uh, they are in the hot seat because of identity theft. And so that's something that a lot of average taxpayers can, can relate to. And so... Uh, I, I think that uh, under this acting uh, commissioner, David Cowder, they, they are making some moves to uh, accelerate the uh, combat of identity theft, which uh, was going on under uh, Chair, uh, Commissioner Koskinen as well. So you've seen a lot of these uh, management agendas over time. You probably more than most know the details, can map the, the differences and similarities from one administration to the next. How does the Trump president's management agenda rank as far as one in which you think we're going to see some major improvements in government operations? Well, I think they're standing a little on the shoulders of giants. I mean, uh, IT modernization has been in the works for 15, 20 years, I guess, you know, since uh, reinventing government in the 90s. But uh, the Trump people are pursuing it, I think, with an intensity. They, they have uh, lost a lot of chief information officers at different agencies, but that may have to do more with personalities. Uh, they definitely uh, uh, are, f- are funding. Uh, Congress is helping to fund uh, IT. And, you know, I noticed that uh, the Trump management agenda had the five formats, five little components in its format, uh, you know, the challenge, the strategy, the goal, what success looks like, and the team, the team meaning exactly who within the major agency, but also the allied agencies that, w- that would help. These are the cross-agency performance goal the, formats. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so they have, they have the 14 cross-agency goals, which differ slightly from Obama's, but th- those cross-agency goals were, were there. They're, they're required under the uh, Government Performance Results Act. Uh, but my... I guess the point I'm trying to make is that with the Trump people uh, have a dynamism that has been well accepted, I think, by a lot of the, the good government analysts, and uh, their strategies are slightly vague, but they bring in these people who are used to uh, more quick action in the private sector, and they may bring some results out of that. I've yeah. said that there, this is a period during which you can get things done that you might have not been able to get done in the past. Mm -hmm. Government reorganization is on the table. A lot of the personnel reforms, you know, uh, whatever you think of the policies that they've proposed, it's pretty strong consensus that it's too hard to hold poor performers accountable. It's too hard to reward high performers, and it's too hard to hire the talent you need to get the job done. So whatever action is being done to move the dial – at least in some quarters, should be applauded. But, Robert, I think the flip side of that is that a, a lot of folks are hearing what the administration is talking about, about getting rid of poor performers, holding them accountable, and we're not hearing much yet about what good performers, why, why this a different system would benefit them. Is that fair, do you think, Charlie? Yeah, and the idea of, uh, you know, they – 
they're not friendly toward unions. Uh, and you saw these executives. <laughs> yeah, Charlie wins the understatement of the right. year award on Fed heads. <laughs> so you, you saw the Do you uh, have a ribbon, <laughs> <laughs> big trophy. Yeah. President Trump signed these three executive orders. Three thirty. Uh, Friday at 3.30. (laughs) When we were all preparing for Memorial Day. And uh, so, you know, the unions see it. They they deny that they are protecting incompetence. And they they see, uh, for example, the use of official time. That's one of the subjects of one of his three executive orders. They see that as part of management, that the official time, the union reps, has so many hours a week where he, he or she receives visitors and meetings and they they discuss agency problems it's they're not negotiating uh, pay and benefits uh, they may be fielding complaints but some of those complaints could be things that management and uh, the staff can work out rather than going to court or something so it's uh, th- th- their view of official time the union's view of it is very different from the, the people who wrote uh, President Trump's executive order in terms of just just reducing and cutting it off as a disservice to taxpayers. I think, see, many in the federal workforce feel that having a high-quality and highly motivated workforce is a service to taxpayers rather than being uh, wasteful and uh, indulgent. That's the difference in the view, I think. Charlie Clark of Government Executive is with us on FedHeads this week. You wrote a story a couple of weeks back about the State Department and the transition there and how it's impacting the workforce that I think is pretty significant. State Department was probably the poster child for all of the apprehensions that the federal workforce had between Election Day and Inauguration Day about what could potentially happen to them. Now it sounds like, according to your reporting, the new secretary there, um, Secretary Pompeo, is pretty much saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, but it sounds like he's saying all of that stuff that Secretary Tillerson worked on about restructuring and reorg, that's all on hold now. The cuts, it sounds like he is disassociating himself from right. and so on. Um, and it might turn out that maybe the administration spent a whole lot of currency it didn't have to on the workforce for what we wind up seeing if we look back a year or two years or the end of the administration from now. Yeah, well, Pompeo came over from CIA where he was well-liked, and he did a lot of listening over there, and uh, he empowered uh, uh, field officers uh, to take actions. And, of course, in that realm, it's uh, life, possibly life-threatening actions. Uh, that can skirt on the edge of legality in the, in the host country. So it's it's very serious stuff. Uh, in, the, in the State Department, um, there still is going to be a clash, I think, though, with uh, the concept of expertise. A lot of people in the Foreign Service uh, and in the civilian jobs have years of knowledge in a certain area of the world, and they are used to uh, being consulted and, uh, I mean, this preparations for the North Korean summit is a, is a perfect example. There's a whole lot of uh, experts in both denuclearization and in uh, re- relations with the Korean Peninsula that feel a little bit bypassed. And I'm not sure that Pompeo totally grasped that yet, but his comments to uh, the day he was sworn in to the workforce and much of his testimony on Capitol Hill was very reassuring to state employees compared with uh, Secretary Tillerson. So there a lot of fanfare was made last spring uh, around the president's executive order instructing agencies to come up with major reorganizations. 
We haven't seen a lot of meat on those bones. State was one where a lot was going on. Do you see, what, what, what do you anticipate in the way of large structural changes of the government? Well, a couple observations. The government executive is still hoping to get the original reorganization documents that OMB said they would release uh, in the month of, of May. They didn't come out in March with the budget, although the fiscal 19 budget did include strategic plans that were influenced by those reorganization plans that the agencies had come up with last year. And, and those plans were created largely by career people. They, for the most part, did not include voluntary budget uh, job elimination. You know, they, they, the strategic uh, plans. The yeah. budgets did. Well, but, the the, well, but I'm talking about the reorganization plans that each right. agency delivered to OMB. They didn't say the follow, we 100 uh, volunteer to uh, leave our jobs. They, nobody was willing to do that, and I think the members of Congress were sympathetic to that. That's somebody else's call to make. But I think the career people, my understanding from a lot of them is that they were excited by the reorganization uh, assignment at, at first because they do have a lot of pent-up plans. Um, Tillerson had trouble, though. He, he brought in an outside consulting firm, and he, and he had an outside reorganization guru, and they, and they, they left. And uh, I think he was applying a lot of ExxonMobil uh, techniques to the State Department, and he left a whole lot of jobs unfilled. And uh, he, he thought there were too many people reporting to the Secretary of State for example, because it's a prestige thing to say I'm the deputy assistant and I have direct access, et cetera. But, so he wanted to reduce that. The problem was that that left him with a small inner circle and n not too much consultation with these geographical area and uh, subject matter experts. We just have a couple of minutes left, Charlie, but I wonder how you think, at not judging the goals specifically of the president's management agenda, but how should we judge the success of the agencies in implementing it over the next year or two? What markers will you watch as a reporter to see whether they're hitting what it, the administration appears to want them to hit? Well, they have deadlines and metrics, uh, and uh, it's supposed to be reported on uh, performance.gov, and I, 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 will, I will be watching for that. I think it'll be a long t time before the average consumer of government services sees a better service or shorter wait times when they call uh, agencies. Um, I think that uh, morale could could rise as, as, uh, if the Trump administration uh, cast of characters working on these issues uh, remains stable. I think Margaret Weikert and Jeff Pond at OPM, uh, they're, they're very uh, self-possessed and uh, people are uh, I think reassured by some of them, they, they, uh, their their comments. They seem they still seem the the, the strategies seem to me a, still a little bit vague. And I wish they acknowledged a, a little more the uh, how it fits in with what the Obama people were trying to do. For example, in the Obama presidential management agenda, they had precise proposals for merging departments into a Department of Business and Trade, certain parts of Commerce and and USTR and Small Business Administration. And with the Trump people, it's more of a, the goal of let's reduce red tape and, and let's uh, get rid of poor performers, all of which is are irrefutable, but how to go about it is a little bit vague still, I think.
Uh, final thought. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, first of all. Uh, plug your book. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great book. We're here in Arlington, Virginia, with a, a great view of uh, the Washington skyline, and I write a, a weekly column on Arlington, Virginia, and my history essays were collected in a book that came out last year. It's called Hidden History of Arlington County. It's available uh, on Amazon and in all local bookstores. I heartily endorse it. And we will post uh, a link uh, where you can purchase it on uh, the site where you can find the podcast. You're an icon, if I can embarrass you, Charlie. Um, We'll continue to go to you as the premier source for information about the government arcana we like to talk about. Exactly right. It's great to have you on FedHeads, Charlie. Well, thanks. I enjoyed it. Robert Shea, thanks as always. Good to see you, Francis. Thank you again, Charlie. Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.